Hey guys, welcome to episode five of Partisan Bites, uh, your stop for top news and commentary of the week brought to you in bite-sized form. I am Nick Fowler and um, probably the biggest thing that caught my attention this week uh, was that the, you know, that more evidence has been released you know, that to me proves that our government is being controlled more and more by, by large, large corporations, you know, that really have no concern for the citizens of the country or, or the world for that matter. You know, I, I always look at a, a quote that is widely uh, attributed to Mussolini that said that the fascism should more properly be called corporatism uh, since it's the merger of state and corporate power. In the last couple of years, it's been argued that it's probably not a direct quote, maybe something that maybe was, maybe was taken out of context or something. But, you know, e- e- even if it's something he never really exactly said, you know, he definitely believed, you know, according to his speeches in the late 20s and in early thirties, you know, he definitely believed that corporatism was the foundation of the fascist system. What makes me think that that's what's happening here in the U S is if you look back at the first couple of days or weeks of the uh, Trump administration, president Trump signed a couple of executive orders. One being one that uh, instructed the commerce commerce department to figure out ways to ease permitting um, and really trim regulations to kind of boost uh, domestic manufacturing and really make projects easier to do in the U.S. Uh, and another one was one stating that for every new regulation, there needed to be two regulations cut. So President Trump invited American manufacturers and uh, industry leaders to respond and le- and give suggestions on how and what they would like cut to make it easier for them to operate in the U.S. and so there was 168 comments that were ultimately uh, submitted, and the government released it on uh, the website regulations.gov, uh, where you can go in. I think it's under uh, Impact of Federal Regula- Regulations on Domestic Manufacturing. And there's 168 or 170 comments on there. And some are pretty long, some are pretty short. But some I think it's really telling on what what corporations in the United States want the government to do or not do. Um, I guess probably the the most notable ones that I saw was um, that BP wants to make it easier um, for them to drill oil and gas off the Gulf of Mexico by reducing how often companies have to renew their leases. And, you know, we, we've already seen what BP and other companies have done, you know, specific to, specifically to the Gulf of Mexico uh, with the with the oil spill there a couple of years back. So I understand that oil and gas is it's still a necessity here in the United States and in the world. Um, but I think we need to be smart about how we um, how we let these companies operate, you know, in our natural resources. Another one was a trade association representative. He he was a representative for the paving industry. Uh, I don't remember which company it was, but he wanted to preclude the U.S. Geological Survey from conducting what the group says was advocacy research into environmental in, in, into the environmental impact of coal tar which is a highly dangerous sub, uh, substance you know it's very easy to contaminate uh, the groundwater and things like that with it you know but the pavement coatings technology council uh, also said that the you know this research by the Ge- US Ge- geological survey could limit what uh, what it's able to use to seal parking lots and driveways you know so so we're allowing these companies to to basically 
operate it make it easier for them to operate but at the at health risks to to you know to to the citizens of this country the uh the US Chamber of Commerce wants to jettison a requirement that uh that requires employers to report the injury and illness records electronically to the labor department so they can be posted on the internet for everyone to see so obviously they don't want you know if you have company x out there they don't want the public to know who's being hurt on their job sites you know over the past 10 15 years we've we've really pushed our government to be more transparent for the the country in a whole to be more transparent and you know i think this kind of goes against all that you know we we want to know what's going on we want to know if if companies here in the united states are hurting their employees you know these are the kind of things that we want to see we don't want them hidden and another one you know another comment that uh, kind of caught me was it was a 50 51 page uh, comment which is extremely long um, compared to some of them out there um, it was called uh, make federal agencies responsible again and it was the the associated general contractors of america which recommended repealing 11 of Pre- president obama's executive orders and memorandums which uh, the biggest one that i saw was one that uh, established sick leave uh, for government contractors you know, so so something as basic as sick leave that we've we've kind of fought for for decades now, you know, to kind of join the rest of the civilized world in treating employees humanely is something as simple as sick leave. Uh, they they want to re- they want to remove that requirement, which is you know something I think is a dangerous kind of step backwards from from where we need to be moving. Which is, you know, sick leave for, you know, everyone should be, everyone should have the right to sick leave. You know, if you're sick, you should be able to have paid time off. You know, and, and I understand that most, you know, at least in the recent history you know, of the United States within the last 20, 30 years, there has been this, this look back on regulations whenever a new, a new administration takes office. Um, but, you know, the, the, I know that when President Obama took office, he... Now, ask the, the the public sector for ideas for removing um, burdensome regulations, and and he cut a lot also. But a lot of the stuff that 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 the Obama administration cut was scaling back on on excess, you know, files that need to be um, submitted. A lot of paper reduction uh, is what they really focused on. Whereas, you know, it seems like there's more of a sinister underlying here um, of what, what you know, he, the Trump administration, which by all accounts is considering many of these, these uh, rollbacks to regulations. And if he allows this wish list to happen, it's, I think it's going to negatively affect um, the EPA for one. A lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the comments, the, you know, to, to get rid of regulations mainly affected First of all, it overwhelmingly affected the EPA, but mainly affected the Clean Air Act and the Clean Water Act, which I know is, has been a, both of those have been, and especially the EPA has been a kind of a punching bag, a political punching bag um, in the recent, you know, in the last decade or two. Um, but, you know, we need to understand that even if you don't believe in climate change, you still, we still need to take care of the only planet that we have. And it sounds like a lot, it looks like a lot of the regulations that I saw really had nothing to do with, you know, keeping our country or our world clean or making it cleaner. It had more to do with, um, raising profits for companies. 
And I understand that it can't be, we need to find some kind of balance. You know, it can't be, you know, incredible amounts of regulation and it can't be zero regulations. There, there has to be a balance there somewhere. You know, there has to be a, a, a balance to create, you know, a, a functional government, a functional economy and a healthy world. You know, and it just, it, it seems like we're going down a different path. Um, you know, and, and the other big thing I saw, you know, over the past week or so, um, it doesn't really seem like a lot of people are really talking about is the fact that the United States is, sounds like it's secretly discussing a preemptive strike against North Korea for their nuclear missile testing. You know, I think a lot of people sit at home and they watch the news at night and they, they think to themselves, well, how does this affect me? You know, how does what's going on on the other side of the world affect me? And I read something over the week that uh, I think perfectly illustrated what the dangers are in a preemptive attack against another country. And it said, and, you know, I'm sorry, I, I didn't get the, the author's name of it, but he said that regardless of North Korea's nuclear capabilities, they have enough heavy artillery within range of Seoul, South Korea, to destroy the city and kill thousands. North Korea would only need to land one or two low-yield nuclear warheads on Seoul to kill hundreds of thousands of innocent men, women, and children, while North Korea would most certainly lose any military confrontation with the United States. They could inflict heavy damage to South Korea and Japan, killing millions. There is one problem with all of this, however. China is not going to sit back and allow a preemptive strike against North Korea by the United States. If Trump thinks for one minute he can bully China, he is in for a hell of a shock. Neither will Russia allow it for that matter. If you don't think China and or Russia can stop us, think again. Yes, we have the most advanced and most powerful military in the world, no doubt. But with China and or Russia, it would not be a conventional conflict. It would go nuclear almost immediately. If you think our missile defense system will protect us, think again. It was never designed to defend against a massive nuclear strike. Russia alone has enough nuclear firepower to turn the United States in an uninhabitable radioactive wasteland. And China is no slouch either. China has the Dongfeng-5 ICBM. It carries three to five warheads of five megatons each. You drop one of those warheads on a city like Los Angeles, and two million people reach 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit in less than a second. Another four million would be severely burned and dying or dead. Peak overpressures of 20 PSI would spread out over 28 square miles. Overpressures of 20 PSI are instantly fatal to humans, and will severely damage, if not destroy, reinforced concrete buildings. Overpressures of 5 PSI would spread out over 170 square miles, and overpressures of 5 PSI will destroy most residential structures, and the fatality rate is almost 90%. And I haven't even talked about the heat blast, air blast, or the radiation. Keep in mind this is just one warhead, just one. This is not a game, folks. This is as real as it gets. Iraq and Afghanistan were nothing. If we launch a preemptive strike against North Korea and China responds, which they almost certainly will, you can also bet Russia would respond to back up China. We'll be looking at a global nuclear exchange. The exchange would kill, by most estimates, two-thirds of the world's human population. The aftermath of the exchange would destroy the base of the photosynthetic food chain, sending a wave of extinction across the tree of life. It is likely, by most estimates, that humanity would end at the current generation. So if you think Trump has a good idea, I invite you to look at the big picture and reconsider. He would lead the world to that which has tried to avoid for over 60 years, nuclear Armageddon. 
Why else do you think President Clinton, Bush, and Obama have avoided a military confrontation with North Korea? They understood the consequences. It is clear Trump either doesn't understand or doesn't care. You know, and not only these these veiled threats coming from the United States, North Korea is also doing the same thing. They you know they had a gigantic uh, military parade last week. They also threw threats you know to the United States, warning against any kind of preemptive strike against them. You know, and and North Korea has been painting the U.S. as as the evil empire in the world. You know, they're either even openly calling uh, U.S. bases in North Korea and in Japan. They're calling them strongholds of evil. You know, so they're, the 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 rhetoric's best, de- de- you know, definitely being ramped up on both sides of the argument. You know, but what I look at it is, what what's the U.S.'s endgame? You know, if, if we were to preemptively strike North Korea, you know, what is it? What is it going to solve? What is one by pretend, potentially starting a nuclear war? You know, I understand that we need to deter the most unpredictable regime in the world. You know, from from reaching nuclear capabilities and and having long range capabilities. You know, but we need to do this without risking billions of lives on our planet. You know, so I, so I strongly recommend everyone out there to really pay attention to what's going on. You know, not only, you know, I know it's so hard, you know, in, in your everyday life, you know, people are just kind of, are just living their lives. They're just, you know, doing whatever they can do. And it, it sometimes it's hard to kind of look at the big picture, but, you know, we, we definitely need to be paying attention to what's going on. You know, not only here in the U.S., but what the U.S. is saying across the world. Well, that's all I got for this week, guys. Um, you know, questions, comments, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Life in General MI um, or on Facebook at Life in General Podcast. Please follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. There's uh, quite a few different places you can catch us now. You know, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And uh, until next time, see ya.